Bhagavan in Answer Eli to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And coming up just this hour, what would Arwen do? Here every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. And that enchanting music that you are hearing is the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore from the Fellowship of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring movie, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and love that music. Hope you like it too. Here we are again. We have I have so many wonderful things. I think they're wonderful. I hope they'll be wonderful to share with you today. And coming up in just a few minutes, uh, Athena, who is our program director here at KUCI, is going to come on, and we're going to talk to you about something really fun and cool that's coming up starting tomorrow. But first, I want to take a moment to say hello to my friends who may be listening here in Irvine or Newport Beach or right here around Orange County or through the Internet because you can catch us through iTunes and through our website at KUCI.org. You can listen right through the web, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And ah, so um, I'd like to say a special shout out and hello before I get all caught up in wonderful things going on to Ro, who is just coming back from an artist retreat in Las Vegas. How cool is that? I can't wait to get together with her. I will be seeing her later this week. She is the archeress and has been on her adventure with the Lord of the Rings about the same length of time as I have actually since the with the movies coming out in 2001. And we've been friends. We'll be celebrating 11 years of our friendship that turned into almost more like a sister sisterhood relationship now. And uh, see where your adventures can take you. So we will be getting together for the Renaissance Fair. So if you don't know about that and you're interested in such things, the Felicita Park uh, Escondido Renaissance Fair is coming up the last weekend of October and the first weekend of November. And you can Google that, um, Felicita Park Renaissance Fair. They have the Parade of the Queen, all kinds of vendors, music, harp music, um, stage plays, costuming, just wonderful things. You can learn how to make chainmail. You can play with swords and bows and arrows. And yeah, so we'll be celebrate our celebrating the 11 year anniversary of our friendship and uh come on down you can email me um oh so i also want to say a special hello to john paul who is now a dj so if you have not um oops (laughs) if you have not been to um our website to check out we have a lot of new programs with uh this quarter and a lot of them are in the middle of the night So you might want to check out on, yes, Monday morning from 2 to 4, Nocturnal Emissions, keeping the baby up as late as we can with groans, DJ groans, okay. We've got all kinds of wonderful (laughs) new programs. So, and coming up at 6 o'clock, Heather McCoy with Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. A special hello also to Maria and Claire, two new listeners. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for all your love and your sweet energy that you just spread around on the planet. So, and to my friends who may be listening up in Washington uh, from the best 
Tolkien message board on the planet, um, theonering.com, officially known as Tork, uh, perhaps. Anyway, thank you, everyone. And um, if you are listening in for the first time, or if you want to contact me, you can send me an email at askanelf at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And you can get information about this show and upcoming programs at www.kuci.org or our public affairs website, kucitalk.org. And I'm going to do kind of a short intro today because I have so many wonderful things that I want to share with you. And Athena's going to be coming in hopefully any moment now. But if you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show, what would Arwen do, is all about. Well, this is where I ask if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, all things that elves are very much concerned about? And so some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that's a very good question, but on this program, I like to ask, what would Arwen do, or what would an elf do? So Arwen was the daughter, princess of Elrond in Rivendell. You can find out the whole story of that beautiful tale in The Lord of the Rings and even there's a part of the tale of Aragorn and Arwen in the appendix in the appendices at the end of The Lord of the Rings. A little more insight into their story. So in the meantime, let's have a little Hobbit music again from Howard Shore. And then I will be right back. This is KUCI in Irvine. Indeed, that is the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore concerning hobbits. And so, as I promised, I have an in-studio guest today for a little while to share with you about something that's very dear to my heart and very exciting, the upcoming DJ and talk show host training here at KUCI. We have this training every quarter, and this quarter it is open to students, staff, and faculty of UCI. And uh, we would love for you to come and share our adventure. And Athena, thank you very much for being here. Hi, it's nice to be here. Yeah. Well, would you tell our listeners just a little bit about kind of your, how you got involved with KUCI and now you're the um, program director? Yeah, definitely a big jump from when I first started. How um, long ago was that? I took my training the winter of 2012, so I've been here almost two years. So that's really fun. I actually saw how we could start training through just a regular painted poster on Ring Road. Oh. And ended up finding out that we actually promote through a bunch of different means, which is always great. So um, it's an eight-week program. You're allowed to miss one class, but of course you're not going to want to because all the information <laughs> is just so great. And you learn all the FCC policy, KUCI history. You take internships, which is a lot of fun, and then you sort of get a different feel whether you want to do a certain genre of music, or if you do have a topic you're really passionate about. Yeah. So what I love about KCI is that you give us everything we need. I came in kind of through the community track, which uh, KCI is one of the few college stations that actually opens their training to community members once a year, usually in the summer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, um, but I knew nothing about 
college radio or radio in general or anything. And um, I had met someone who just had said, you know, um, and he was like a kid who's like 19 years old, and I was talking to him at the coffee shop. He said, I got to run. I'm doing a radio show. And I'm like, what? And he said, oh, you should come over and do a radio show about your life as an elf. And I was like, no. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll check it out. And it has changed my life. That was like eight years ago. Yeah, I I had my first show in 2005. And this being involved with this community has changed my life on so many levels. I love KUCI. And we have over 100 passionate people here. Easily over 100 on air, even more so just general staff. There's so many positions. So even if, say, someone was interested in radio, but they didn't necessarily want to host a show, there are other um, opportunities to be involved as well. Oh, there is definitely it? is. Yeah, I know um, there are several people that have talked to our station coordinator, Kevin, and they realized they wanted to be more behind the scenes, so they definitely help out in operations and various different things. Engineering as well. We do we do have people that usually learn little things here and there. Mm-hmm. So and that's good. And all of the equipment is here. All the equipment's here. You learn everything. I didn't, well, I came in not knowing anything about how to do anything for a radio program. (laughs) So it was definitely a lot different. You get to learn how to use the control board. You are the one-man show. You run everything, and it's great, and it's very simple. Once you learn, and we, like you said, we are a little community, and you do sort of get, like, this little KUCI family hodgepodge full of different personalities and yes just always very fun yeah and every quarter it things change you know students schedules change Mm -hmm. some students leave some students come back now um were you in school at the time that you found out about kuci yeah i was in my second year i'm currently a fourth year so did you know about kuci before that i did i knew about kuci um before i went to orientation before i even started my college career here at oh Irvine. oh great but i had no idea how to even like get into the program anything like that sort of forgot about it my first year and then coming back into my second year i saw a flyer at my apartment community uh, marketing kci and i was like okay i definitely have to do this before i graduate i'm gonna do this yeah yeah We've been here for almost two years now. So anyone who may be listening, if they're a KUCI student, staff, or faculty, they can come. And they could they even just, like, come, say, to the first meeting and see if this is, like, something they want to get involved with? Yeah, definitely come to tomorrow's meeting. It's tomorrow night at Humanities Hall 143 at 7 p.m. And it is open to UCI students, staff, and faculty. Just go to the first week. You do get a paper that has a little bit of an agenda and a syllabus just so you do get a feel of what it's like. Um, If you want to even stick around the second week, that's when you actually do get a more personalized tour of the KUCI radio station and how to use more of the equipment. You know, if it's for you, definitely stick around with it. If it's not, you know, hopefully you can still support the station in other ways. Absolutely. And you just have access to so much wonderful different types of music and learning. I mean, I, you know, it's like a fun little multitasking thing because, like you said, we all do everything. Yeah, so you, 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 you host your show, you plan your show, you don't have anybody telling you what you have to play or making a list for you. Um, you engineer your show and you meet such wonderful people. You know, a lot of times when you just go out in the community and tell people that you're involved with KUCI, you, you know, ban- I had no idea. I went to a 
uh, Irish fair right after I had taken my training. And someone had said, you know, just go up and tell people and ask him. And so there were like two bands there. And I just went up and said, you know, I just, I do this little radio show at KCI and I don't know if you'd be interested in maybe, you know, coming on the show or giving me a CD. And they're like, whoa, yes. And so I actually had Bad Haggis here and who the, um, Eric Riggler is the lead, um, uh, bagpipe player who's the one that did all the bagpipes like for Braveheart and Cinderella oh, Man and, yeah he's the most recorded bagpiper in the world but who knew you know it's like you just gotta yeah. you know so I got to meet them we went over afterwards and hung out for a while so you never know you know it's not it's fun, you know, doing the shows, but you also get to meet some really amazing people. You definitely do. It's one of the most Have you met some really cool do. people? Um, I haven't gone out and actually met people. I have done a few phone interviews, which mm-hmm. is always really exciting. That was crazy. And it's just even getting to know people, even tune in and listen to your show. I went to a concert with um, one of the other hosts, his best friends. I went to a concert with him, and I found out that his whole group of friends actually tune into my show. Oh, the whole time, and I was like, "Oh, you know, you do definitely get a little bit of an ego boost, and you feel a little <laughs> happy about it." So yeah, that's great. Well, Athena, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today, and for being our program director. Just in case you're wondering, uh, this also is a wonderful training ground being involved with QCI is a wonderful training ground for managers you know we have management positions like what you're doing where you actually are in charge of all of the overseeing all of the programming all these time slots you know 24 hours a day you know and that changes every quarter Um, I imagine this is really good training and you know for you as well and it looks great on your resume it's a great leadership opportunity um We really are pushing the fact we would love to have more student leaders in KUCI. So if you are a student, like I said, just come to tomorrow's training. You'll get to meet some of the other managers, especially if you go to staff meetings. And, yeah, it's a great leadership opportunity, and it's just a great opportunity in general, especially if you are interested in communications, public relations type stuff. Okay. Thank you so much, Athena. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And I hope a lot of people show up for the training tomorrow. So, so, again, that's tomorrow. That's Wednesday, October 9th at 7 p.m. And it's right here in the trailers. It is actually in Humanities okay. Hall. So that is right off of Ring Road, um, really close to the Student Center. Okay. And room number? 143. 143. And if they want to send an email, they can they send it to training at? org. Uh, awesome. So, yeah. And then if it, any more questions, you can always go to kci.org slash training or to slash contact, and you can find training director's information. Super. Thanks again so Thank much. <laughs> okay, so that's very exciting. I hope if you are a KCI or a UCI student, staff, or faculty, and you are listening, or maybe you know someone who is a, um, a student, faculty or staff and you might say wow you know my friend jill or my friend harry you know might uh they've 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 always been interested in radio and they're going to school over uci now maybe they'd be interested so we're going to move along to some other exciting things um I'm going to play a little music because i'm an elf and we like music so this is going to be from the uh, this is a little thing that I pulled off of the internet. We love the internet and YouTube. And it's the song of the elves from the Hobbit movie. So this is the short version of the Misty Mountain song. And um, so let's take a little minute and enjoy that. And then I'll be back in just a few moments. This is KUCI in Irvine. Mm-hmm. 
Hobbit movies and the next one's coming up December 20 December this December <laughs> as an elf I'm one of those elves numbers are not my thing so I'm I'm really bad about remembering dates and things like that but that's why I love calendars and the internet but yeah coming up in December I always want to go back to you know the fellowship of the ring came out December 21st so it's around that time the second hobbit movie desolation of smog I've been avoiding all spoilers and trailers I did see the second trailer once or twice the one that shows just a little bit of um, Tariel, the new elf uh, from Mirkwood that's there with Legolas. That was pretty awesome. And a little bit of Smaug. Uh, but I just like to experience a movie in its freshness when it comes out. So I haven't uh, seen any more of that and uh, don't intend to. So this is What Would Arwen Do? I'm Tani Tenuvio. I wanted to have a little adventure report and uh, share some things with you. Last Sunday, um, I had a wonderful adventure, and it's so amazing how you can go along so many years in life and then discover something and say, and think, how did I not know about this? And so I've been thinking about um, going to an Anglican church, who, which is the Church of C.S. Lewis. J.R.R. Tolkien was a Roman Catholic. Love the Roman Catholic Church. I, myself... Um, my Christian um, experience is from an evangelical background and um, non-denominational. My mom, you know, we had a little bit of Baptist, Methodist thing going on when I was young. But um, the lovely woman I live with goes to um, our, Queen of Ange- um, our Lady Queen of Angels and... I wanted. I thought. Well, I'm. I think I'd like to become a Roman Catholic. I agreed with most of the theology, and I love the idea of the saints, which I don't understand why the Protestants have such a problem about that. And but I couldn't have communion there because I've been divorced. So I just thought I can't. That's one of the things I love about the community of faith is going and sharing communion with. Um, the family of God. So I understand that it's not quite as strict within the Anglican Church, plus they you still get the benefit of the um, confessional uh, um, uh, liturgical type service, which is always lovely, and having communion. And so there's a wonderful church that I discovered here, Anglican Church, the Church of C.S. Lewis uh, from England, and, and it's called St. Michael's and All Angels. And so Sunday morning, I was trying to decide if I was going to go to Mariners or if I was going to go to the Anglican Church. And so I went on. It was like about 12 minutes till 10. I was thinking they started at 11 and noticed that they started at 10. But the really important thing that I noticed and why I had to finish getting dressed really fast and rush over there was that it was the first Sunday in October, which I didn't know, is St. Francis Assisi Day, and they have the blessing of the animals. And I thought, blessing of the animals? What in the world is that? 
I myself love to walk in nature and when I see little animals to send them a blessing or the trees and the flowers. I, I know that sound may sound very strange, but it is a wonderful way to connect with nature. If you're just out walking around, put your hand on a tree and just give it, you know, because we are the princes and princesses of the universe, the sons and daughters of God in the universe. And so we have the ability to extend blessings, and we all do it to each other. When we shake hands with each other, we're giving a blessing to a person that we um, encounter. But we can also do it with intention, just going, and sometimes I'll just walk and say, blessings of the princess, the blessings of the princess. And it's kind of a way of appreciating the flowers, and I think they love it. They turn their little faces up and smile, and the trees, you could just feel their love, just, you know, here they are giving us oxygen all day long, and we don't even, we can't even see it. They're just doing it in the silence of their growing. So I thought, well, wow. In church, they're going to have the blessing of the animals. How have I never heard of this? So I went over to the church, and it was amazing. Um, They had the people there had brought their dogs and their cats right into the sanctuary. It was lovely. There was a couple there with their two kids, and I think their mom, which was a grandma, and they had two chickens. I love chickens. I have a special, you know, kind of story experience with uh, chickens, and I also love ducks. Um, but I was so excited. They And these were very tame chickens. So they're holding the little chickens, and they have them in this big tub with a cover on it because, you know, chickens get a little... Um, Pardon the cliche, but a little flighty. So And they, were, <laughs> they started kind of making little funny chicken noises. And um, so, but then when it came time to take the animals up for the blessing, um, after we had had communion, the two little girls were holding, and these were big, like, um, I think they call them lo- uh, red, something, lo- Longhorn, Long, Longhorn Reds, or something like that, maybe. Um, I should have looked it up. But anyway, they were really beautiful, kind of deep reddish color, and they're quite large, you know, they were... Um, and they had just started to lay. They're about six months old. So they were just starting to give the blessing of their eggs to their family. And the amazing thing about non-fertilized eggs is that this is what a gift that God has given us through chickens. Um, there, there's nothing you can do with those eggs. They will never turn into a chicken. So you're not depriving anything of life for you to, you know, like, conti- it's not like a fertilized egg where if you give it um, warmth, it will eventually become a chicken. If it's not fertilized, it, it just does nothing. It just die. I mean, it just you know, just does nothing. It eventually just goes back into the earth. But it it's a little package, completely wrapped, of one of the best proteins on the planet. And especially when you have these little chickens that they just eat their feed and they just love to give the eggs and share them with you. One or one. You know, once a day or once every other day or something. And it's just a lovely, lovely thing, especially. So I'm very much um, against commercial farming, especially with regards to chickens and these uh, chicken factory, factory farms for chickens, where chickens are treated terribly. But where you have chickens that roam free, they're just delightful. They can you can coexist with them, and they're funny. They're very funny to watch. They, have, they all have their own little personalities. And so it was wonderful to see these chickens in the church. So in case you're wondering, you missed it this year, but next year I found out that an, 
apparently they also do this in the Roman Catholic Church. I think they had their uh, um, Our Lady Queen of Angels, I believe it, this, that service was at 1.30 or something. But uh, the first Sunday in October is uh, the blessing of the animals. And it was also a day to honor um, St. Francis of Assisi, who we know uh, very much was a lover and protector of animals. And many of us are very are familiar with the prayer of St. Francis, which is one of the probably one of the most beautiful, beautiful prayers ever. And um, you may be familiar with it or you may not. So um, I'm going to read it for you. And if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're not driving and you're just sitting somewhere, maybe close your eyes for a moment and just let this prayer kind of settle in your heart. This is the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. The Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And so, that, so you might want to just think about sometime when you're walking around, just saying a little blessing, or when you meet your neighbor walking their little dog, and you reach down to pet the little dog, just kind of sadly say, oh, you know, blessing, blessing on you, little one. And um, and you might, even if you don't think that that actually does extend a blessing, it does in your experience, so it could have an effect on you. But also, when you extend a blessing to something, uh, to someone or to something, even like, you know, a flower or tree or the ocean... Um, it connects you with it. It's, you're, you're attending to it. You have to attend to it in order to extend a blessing to it. And so you're present with it, and that is a beautiful thing. You're connecting. And so um, it's just wonderful. And so sometimes when you do that, it also plants seeds of appreciation in you. If you love, uh, like I love the back bay, and I like to go out by the back bay here in Newport and just... And I appreciate it so much. I appreciate the birds and the hummingbirds around there and the hawks that I get to see and the beautiful birds that go out on over in the back bay and they come in the winter from up north and the back bay feeds them and sustains them through the winter. And all the little, you know, um, rabbits and the little squirrels and little burrowing owls. And so by taking time to bless it and to appreciate it, it it connects me with it. And then when things come up where I can do something to support preserving the back bay, I'm much more inclined to do that because it now is personally in my heart. So maybe you could do that in your neighborhood. Um, walk around, appreciate the trees, appreciate your neighborhood. Uh, pick up a little trash. The fairies love it when you pick up trash, and sometimes they'll send you a little blessing um, through the environment or something. I know that sounds weird, but try it. Couldn't hurt, might help. So, yeah, blessing of the animals. 
And we, it's something we can do, and it's free. You can do it wherever you go. It's pretty awesome. So next I'm going to talk to you about another little adventure I have where I discovered yet another thing that I knew nothing about, this having to do with art. And um, But first I'm going to play a little music for you. Oh, yeah, let's hear some music from some elf elf music from The Two Towers. This is Even uh, Star featuring the beautiful voice of Isabel Barakdarian. And this is Even Star, the song of Arwen. This is Howard Shore. And this is KUCI in Irvine. I'm Tani Tenuvio. You can always send me an email. I would love to hear from you. Ask an elf at yahoo.com. voice of Isabel Byrectarian and that from the Two Towers from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I am Tani Tenuviel. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. What would Arwen do? So while that was playing I was trying to get to um, something that I had found on the internet and um, this uh, didn't work because when I went to the, I have a really old computer at home. When I went to that one, it had, you know, like how to home, and it went to right to a an interview with Art Wolf. So here's the story. Uh, my favorite bookstore is the Friends Bookstore at the main library in Newport Beach, and I get wonderful, wonderful books there. And recently, I got a photography book, an art book, by called The Imagery of Art Wolf. I got this a couple of weeks ago. I was looking for pictures of small flowers. I love St. Therese, who's the, um, called the Little Flower of Jesus. And um, So I, anyway, I was looking for some images of, little, of small flowers, and it's a beautiful picture of some alpine flowers. But anyway, uh, so I got this book... And they do have a book sale coming up that I want to tell you about really quick where you can get books for less than the price of three postage stamps. So think about that. Friday, November 1st and Saturday, November 2nd, uh, right at the main library in uh, Newport Beach. You might give them a call, friends of the library. I lost all my book 
uh, mark, so I don't have it here in front of me, but you can call the library or you can call friends of the library. You can, I believe they have a website too, but it's right at the main library. I think it starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, Friday and Saturday, November 1st and 2nd. Great deal on uh, getting some books. So anyway, I got this wonderful book, The Art Imagery of Art Wolf, and um, I just I opened it up to this page, and what did I discover but elf owls? Yes, E-L-F, elf owls, owls. I had no idea there was even such a thing as an elf owl. So here I open to this picture, and here's this little owl sitting in a cactus, cigarro cactus. And it's, the caption says, Elf Owlet on Cigarro Cactus, Sonoran Desert, Arizona. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, of course, I go to the internet and look up elf owls. And I'm hoping, I'm not going to tell you too much about them because I'm hoping to have someone on from owling.com to talk to us more about them. But just let me say this. The elf is the smallest owl in the world. Uh, there's only one other that might, in a small uh, region of Peru, that's even close to its size. This owl is about the size of a sparrow. A sparrow. So that's like three or four inches tall. And it's a little owl. So cute. So, and they, they like, live in these cactuses. And so, anyway, this wonderful book, The Imagery of Art Wolf, <clears throat> I open up to the... So I'm always talking, you know, you know how I like to talk about being present and... Um, being um, really appreciating nature and kind of experiencing it rather than just kind of rushing through it. So he has this wonder, there's this wonderful um, introduction by Charles Bergman, who also is a uh, photographer in his own right. And uh, you can find out about him at charlesbergman.com, Charles, B-E-R-G-M-A-N. And he's up in Washington, as is Art Wolf still. And his website is artwolf.com. W-O-L-F-E dot com. Both of them are very much into uh, nature photography and do some amazing work. And But in the introduction to this, where uh, Charles is introducing you to this um, compilation of the works of Art Wolf, but he talks, he says some wonderful things just about how to see and how to be present. So it's called Learning How to See. I'm going to share a little bit with you f- um, from that. He says, somehow we are blinded by by the familiar, and I often find myself straining to look beyond or through or into what I can too easily see. The world I'm used to becomes a sort of curtain, me thrashing against the fabric, trying to find the place where the curtain parts. It's a familiar experience for most people, I'm sure. In my own case, I can recall any number of times in the woods, enjoying the pleasure of trees and dirt and sky, but hoping for more. Often it's seeing an owl, one of my totems, an emblem of the hidden in nature, silent, nocturnal, seeing with its intense eyes, but rarely seen. I take in the trees variously, trying to see what I'm after. I sweep wide for several trees, checking especially along the branches. Or I focus on a single tree, seen in full feature, patterns of twisting branches and fluttering leaves. I swing my view up the trunk, or stop my eye on a full section of the tree, top or side or bottom. Shifting views, sliding perspectives. The tree changes shapes before my eyes, varying with my varying view. 
What I see is how I look. But I want more than I see, like knowing we're in some measure limited by our senses. It's like wanting one more sense or trying to push what we've got farther. And every time I find a spotted owl in an ancient fur or an elf owl in a cigarro, it comes as more than just another sight. It's the difference between looking and seeing. It's like seeing for the first time that moment of recognition which rends the familiar. Finding the owl is an experience of new vision, a secret, a revelation. The owl also redefines the tree. It changes the scene. And every time I see that tree, I half expect to see the owl sitting in the same spot. The tree in my sight is permanently altered, both by what it has shown and what it could be again to me. Every tree takes on new potential. One crack in the curtain, and nothing looks quite the same. And there's a favorite quote of mine by G.K. Chesterton that um, I hope I can get it right. He says, we should at times take our tea in the, trop in the tops of trees because our senses tend to get dulled. And I always love that thought. Yes, let's take our tea up in a treehouse <laughs> and have a whole different experience of taking tea. So, uh, so with that, I discovered the art of Art Wolf. And I am going to be sending, I discovered this right before the, the show actually today, um, his website. And um, there's contact information there. So I'm going to be sending him an email to see if he will uh, be gracious enough to come on the show and talk to us about art and nature and elf owls because uh, he has photographed them. And um, yeah, so you might want to check that out. Um, Art Wolf, his nature photography. I had found a little um, interview, not an interview, but a little like clip that he did on the website that I saw at home, but it doesn't seem to be on the website that I'm finding here. So um, unfortunately, we won't get to Maybe if I go to it a different way. So, so this was um, art through pictures. Um, this was connecting with nature through pictures. And one of the um, things that I was thinking about is how... Um, so Art, Art Wolf and uh, Charles Bergman, you know, and so many wonderful people, Peter Jackson and James Cameron, uh, the great painters, you know, the great storytellers, whether it be in movie or film or paint or carving or sculpture, um, this is a visual, these are visual um, storytellers. And I was thinking about those that um, paint beautiful pictures and introduce us to places that we don't know um, through words like George MacDonald, C.S. Lewis, G.R. Tolkien. And you may have some of your favorite artists that you know about, uh, that you love, Harry Potter. You know, whole world opened up, opens up with Harry Potter. Even the Twilight series, um, Washington, looks much different to me now. And um, places like Pandora, which when I saw Avatar, the first time I saw Pandora, I thought, yes, yes, that's what Elvenholm is like. <laughs> that's what Eldemar is like. They, that they're, they, have, they're, they interact with the animals. They fly, the elves fly on these great beasts, you know, these great um, 
flying creatures and uh so it was it was beautiful that uh, James Cameron had brought that visual experience to me, and I was so grateful for it. So I wanted to share a little bit, and in Peter Jackson in the movies, of course I loved the books of The Lord of the Rings, but I loved, um, through Peter Jackson's movies, getting to see the beauty of the elves and, and a visual representation of Rivendell with all of the waterfalls and the elvish runes and the... Um, it was just beautiful. And the minds of Moria, I mean, who can, it just took your breath away the first time, you know, the fellowship is going through. And Gandalf says, let me risk a little more light. And he, the light comes from his staff and illuminates these giant, hundreds of stories tall caves and caverns that the elves um, uh, would used to delve in. And then, of course, the battle at Helm's Deep, where you see the largeness of these armies and the scaling of the walls and um, just amazing visual, beautiful beautiful things um, that are so moving that we experience visually. But yet also in the books, it's like I read in the books and there are words on the page, but I, you know, I experience the Shire differently in the mountains and the streams and the rivulets. So, uh, George MacDonald, I love and discovered through uh, C.S. Lewis. He has an amazing book called Fantastes, and I thought today, uh, we're almost getting to the end of our time here, but I wanted to read to you a little excerpt, and um, oh, first I want to read to you a little bit of what C.S. Lewis tells us about C- uh, George MacDonald. This is a book called C.S. Lewis, George MacDonald, an anthology, 365 readings that C.S. Lewis put together of from excerpts from the work of George MacDonald. And he writes uh, a preface here, which is beautiful. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of little, couple of things. When he's talking about George uh, MacDonald, he says um, what he does, let's see here. What he does best is fantasy, fantasy that hovers between the allegorical and the mythopoeic. And this, in my opinion, he does better than any man. He goes on to say, It, this art of myth-making, is in some ways more akin to music than to poetry, or at least to most poetry. It goes beyond the expression of things we have already felt. It arouses in us sensations we have never had before, never anticipated having, as though we had broken out of our normal mode of consciousness and, quote, possessed joys not promised to our birth, unquote. It gets under our skin, hits us at a level deeper than our thoughts or even our passions, troubles oldest certainties till all questions are reopened, and in general shocks us more fully awake than we are for most of our lives. So very similar to what uh, Charles Bergman was talking about in the introduction when we actually begin to see differently. He goes on to say, um, It must be more than 30 years ago that I bought, almost unwillingly, for I had looked at the volume on that bookstall and rejected it on a dozen previous occasions, the everyman version of Fantastas. A few hours later, I knew I had crossed a great frontier. And that is how I felt when I saw the Fellowship of the Ring movie. He uh, talks uh, somewhere else about um, that 
reading the uh, works of George MacDonald had baptized his imagination. And so I'm going to read a little excerpt for you from uh, that book, Fantastes. And it's pretty amazing. It's actually, the, I'm reading it from an excerpt from a book called Waking the Dead by John Eldridge, which if you love a good um, book that kind of takes a lot of the things we love and the movies we love and tells us about life through them, this is an amazing, amazing book, Waking the Dead, about the goodness of our hearts. Um, and But this is... Um, in the chapter on receiving God's intimate counsel. But this is an excerpt from George MacDonald's book, Fantastes. And this, well, let me just read, read it for you. It says, Now I was indeed in a pitiful plight. There was literally nothing in the tower but my shadow and me. The walls rose right up to the roof, in which I had seen from without there was one little square opening. This I now knew to be the only window the tower possessed. I went down on the floor in listless wretchedness. More earnestly than ever I longed for freedom, more drearily than ever crept on the next wretched day. I measured by the sunbeams, caught through the little window in the trap of my tower, how it went by, waiting only for the dreams of night. About noon I started, as if something foreign to all my senses and all my experience had suddenly invaded me. Yet it was only the voice of a woman singing. My whole frame quivered with joy, surprise, and the sensation of the unforeseen. Like a living soul, like an incarnation of nature, the song entered my prison house. Each tone folded its wings and laid itself like a caressing bird upon my heart. It bathed me like a sea, enwrapped me like an odorous vapor, entered my soul like a long draft of clear spring water shone upon me like essential sunlight, soothed me like a mother's hand and voice. Hardly knowing what I did, I opened the door. Why had I not done so before? I do not know. At first I could see no one, but when I forced myself past the tree which grew across the entrance, I saw, seated on the ground, and leaning against the tree with her back to my prison, a beautiful woman. She looked up at me and smiled. Ah, were you the prisoner there? I am very glad I have wiled you out. <laughs> that from George MacDonald, Fantastes, an amazing, amazing book. And that is just about going to wrap it up for our time. And I will be back next week. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we have the Blue and Gold Report. And uh, so we've had a little talk of uh, photography, the visual beauty, the poetry and song of words and I'm going to leave you with some music this from the return of the king how music can transport us also when I hear this it transports me right back to one of my favorite scenes in the movie of the Lord of the Rings the return of the king where Aragorn it's after the big fight and everyone has been saved and the crowning of Aragorn and Arwen comes and it's just amazing so in closing I'm going to share that with you today from the um, Howard Shore's soundtrack of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. This is from the original soundtrack, not the uh, extended version. And next week, I hope you'll come back and spend time with me. Um, I am Tani Denuvio, and this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. And you can catch the podcast on KUCI.org or through iTunes. 
Elin Salalumin Amintiavo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting. And until next week, I will say to you, Namaria, please go out and um, just look at a tree or a leaf for a while. Notice the branches, the patterns. It, it just might change your life. Extend a blessing to an animal or to a tree or something. It might change you. Might not change the plant, but it might change you. Might change your connection with nature. Until next time, I will say no Maria, and this is KUCI in Irvine. Oops, I think this is KUCI in Irvine, and this is Howard Shore.